Do I look pretty? <laughs> kind of, not really. <laughs> ah, come on, <laughs> How have you been, dude? <laughs> What's up, man? It's been how much have you been? Yeah, it's awesome. Not really, but yeah, it's kind of good. <laughs> not really, yeah, not really at all. I feel that. Yeah. What's new? How's India? Yeah, India is good, man. Yeah. Like, just like USA, I guess. I don't know. Locked down. Yeah. You know, it's almost yeah. been a year since uh, we met. Like, it's uh, it, I think we met in November, right, in Goa. It's almost been a year, man. Uh, yeah, it was just yeah, it was like mid November, and so yeah, this was a year ago. It was my first week in India when I came out, and so it's been a year since I've gone to India, and just under a year since you and I met. Yeah. So what what have you been doing? You've been doing this podcast. How's that business going? Are you still working for the startup? Yeah, like a lot of things happen. I started, uh, I, like I worked with the startup I was working with and this uh, podcast I started recently, you know, only in lockdown. It's been a couple of months only in March. So actually in March, I came back to my hometown. Right now I'm at hometown. I left Pune. So yeah, so pandemic happened. That's why I started this podcast, man. <laughs> what about you? How, how, how's it going, man? It's been crazy. Obviously, I came back to America and started working again. And then the whole pandemic started. And so that shut everything down. I lost like 90% of my workload, which is like pretty much, I feel like everybody's been losing work. So I lost a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So I really had to start pushing my business online and in person. And so that's gone pretty well. I uh, started doing teacher trainings. So that's a good payday. Okay. And besides that, you know, started dating a lady that's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And life's, I noticed been, life's been okay. Yeah, exactly. Actually, you know, I started yoga class, man. Like, as you suggested, um, I thought that this is the time I should do it from home only. So it's online only, but yeah, I'm having fun. It's do you amazing. know, like, where are you doing it? Is it my classes online or are you taking other classes? Or are you doing an online app or what? Online, online. Uh, like, uh, there's an instructor in Goa only. She's in Goa only. Ah, you're trying to get it with the Go yeah. instructor. Yeah. Start. What are you drinking? Uh, drinking some White Claw. Is it cold over there? It's very cold. You want to see outside? So I'm just doing it in my van right now. And so it's like misting and cloudy out right now. So you can see it's just gray and ugly. Hmm. And so right now I've got the heaters burning. I've got lights on. And we're good. Is it cold cold. out by you right now? Not really. Not that much. Yeah. Uh, maybe after a month it will start, you know, getting cold, colder. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Excited to see you again. Yeah, I'm super excited for this, man. Never thought, uh, you know, this would happen. We could do this. Well, that's the cool thing about living in this modern technology age is that we can start doing all these crazy things like this and still stay right, connected. So. Right, right. So let's talk about, you know, how did you become a yoga man? Tell me about that. Tell us about that. What's the story? <laughs> yoga, man. <laughs> Um, I was working for an oil and gas company and when I was working for the oil and gas company, I was just very corporate. The whole joke here in America is we were saying I was pushing paper clips, meaning I was doing a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. And so it was really nice because I got paid well. I was living the dream downtown, had a nice space and everything. But in America, oil and gas tanked about six, seven years ago now. 
And so mm. I was so young. I think at that time I was 24. And so I was low man on the totem pole. They had to make some cuts to keep financial limits accessible for the people that they could pay. Mm. And so I was one of the first people to be let go. And so when I was let go, I was still lifting. That's something I've always done. I played hockey growing up and lifting's always been a passion. And so I was at a gym out here in Colorado in America called Lifetime Fitness. And so I was a member there. Mm -hmm. And so I was coaching youth league hockey. And so they just asked me, they're like, hey, do you want to be a yoga teacher? And I was like, ah, sure, whatever kind of deal. <laughs> and it was just kind of a big joke more than anything. Well, not a joke, I should say, but I didn't take it that seriously. Mm -hmm. And so I just really wanted a free membership more than anything and so went through the yoga teacher training paid a lot of money to do it and then I realized it was one of those things that I started needing and so there's a lot of things in yoga that show you to look at the imperfections in your life so things that we call mm. samaskaras and so when I started seeing the things that I was putting band-aids over there's a lot of things that happened in my childhood and whatnot and everybody has those stories but I realized that I was putting band-aids over the things that I did not identify with going out and drinking, partying, and having all the fun 20s kind of mm -hmm. stories and whatnot. But then I wasn't growing past the, the pain that I had underneath. And so yoga was really putting a spotlight on all the things that I should focus on. And so I started jumping into yoga, started as a part-time teacher, just kind of doing stuff here and there. And yeah. then it slowly started working up a full-time workload, got into a full-time workload, which is really cool and been teaching full-time for the past three years. So I've been teaching for a total of four, full-time for three. Granted, we're in the COVID era. So a lot of my workload has fallen out because here locally, 20 yoga studios have closed down just due to everything that's happening. Yeah. So I lost a majority of my workload, which was no fun by any means, but it's really pushed me to grow in different directions. So it just kind of is what it is. So how was your life before yoga and how it's different now? Life before yoga, I was in my young 20s. So I was working Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of deal and cruising through making good money at the time and doing a lot of drinking and partying. Mm -hmm. And I'd say I had lack of discipline. I was definitely yeah. living in the moment, having a good time, all that stuff. But I lacked discipline for personal growth. And so one thing that I'm doing now is much more discipline and making tons of growth. And so it's just been a big maturing process more than anything. So why do you think people should do yoga and you know how it can help them physically or mentally? Um, physically, I think this is the most obvious that everybody will point out is that you should do yoga because if you know biomechanics that if you feel little pains in your body, more than likely, if you look at it biomechanically, mm -hmm. that you can solve a lot of those problems. So one thing here in America and probably everywhere is a lot of people have lower back pain. And so when you really start to look at the anatomy of the body, whether it's hip flexors, hamstrings, it could be IT bands, QLs, uh, yeah. the more that you start to get to know your body, the more that you can solve the problems physically. And so if you are coming for the physical aspect, which a lot of people start off doing, is that they're going to aid their recovery and aid their body by doing stretching. Because most of us are really tight. And the more yeah. that we can open up, the more that we can relax. Uh, but one of the big reasons why people should definitely do yoga is for the spiritual aspect. And the fact that you start to dive inward. And when we start talking about consciousness, uh, 
consciousness or anything along the mind, especially uh, one thing that we all deal with is mental health. I think mm-hmm. that's something that you and I had talked about when you and I were hanging out, especially being in your 20s. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of us doubt ourselves. We don't believe in ourselves. We don't have strong mental ability. And so a lot of yoga is stepping back instead of reacting to everything that's happened to you. It's responding to life. So they give you techniques and they give you different things to follow. And most of the yoga that we do follow comes from a Hindu background. Mm-hmm. And so you can follow the yoga sutras, which is the yamas and niyamas. Um, if you're familiar with those, if you're not familiar with the yamas and niyamas, essentially in very layman's terms, it's like the Ten Commandments. If you know Christianity, uh, if you don't know either of those, though, it basically it's just ways that you should live your life to be a better person, that you don't harm others, and you also keep your internal state and control. And so, I think most people come into yoga wanting the physical aspects, and that's why we should. Well, that's one of the easiest ways to see benefits. But the more that we come to yoga classes, we see the long-term benefits and long-term benefits are all in your mind more than anything. And so it gives you mental strength. Yeah. How do you define spirituality and what exactly it is? So you said consciousness and all this stuff. How did it come you from yoga as well? The spirituality? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, with the spirituality, it's interesting because I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't call myself a spiritual individual, but the whole idea, and especially speaking to, and you heard my little rant earlier this week on social media, yeah, is when we're talking about Hinduism, we're talking about Atman, and Atman is not Brahman, but Atman is our true selves, and okay. so the more that you start practicing yoga, the, the whole idea of yoga is that you're supposed to be settling the vrittis. And the vrittis are supposed to be fluctuations within your mind. So like thought process, ego and whatnot. But the more that you start to settle your vrittis, the more that you can really see past all the BS in life and you really Mm -hmm. start connecting with your true self. So when you start to connect with your true self, you realize that there's a lot more to this life than that we ever anticipated. And so I think that's where the spiritual connection starts happening. Um, Yoga came from at least the ones that we practice the most is from a Hindu background. Uh, there is Buddhist yoga, there's Taoist yoga, things mm-hmm. that I'm not as well studied on, uh, but things that I understand a little bit is that it's ultimately the same thing. And so the more that we can get into our bodies and out of our minds, the more that we realize there's just something else. Mm-hmm. So even in Christianity, they have the Holy Trinity. It's like what the father, the son, and uh, the essence. I don't know. Do you know the Trinity though? No, no, I no. Oh, you should look at this. Is where you need a little sidekick on the side that shows <laughs> us the Trinity. So the Trinity is three aspects essentially, just like in Hinduism, body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the Trinity in Christianity. Um, it's like the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I'm bossing okay. that one up. That's for sure. <clears throat> uh, you know, I was wondering, like, I, and I have personally noticed it as well that uh, yoga comes from India, right? Uh, essentially, for, uh, yeah, but. I think people are more aware in United States about yoga rather than India, you know, I have seen here. So, and uh, there's this assumption in, what? That's clapping, that's clapping, keep going. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and another thing is, uh, what I think is, uh, some of the Indian, uh, like some, I, not a lot, but some Indians think that yoga is for women's, like, uh, like not a lot, but you know, when I see, because in my yoga class, uh, my yoga instructor is a lady and all the other people like you know uh, fellow uh, people are ladies only so I'm the only guy over there man 
I don't know why. What, yeah. So, what are the reason for these two things? Like, you know, it started in India, but still more famous over there. And so, if we start to look at the history of yoga, yoga did originate in India, and originally yoga was a practice, obviously by Hindus, and it was to be like a monk, essentially. Yeah. So, if you really start to study yogic philosophy, uh, they tell you to renounce basically everything, renounce your sexual relationships renounce like certain desires towards anything in life whether it's food uh, external things that you want or internal things you want the more that you chase things you won't get mm. and so the whole idea of being a yogi is to be a monk which was a pursuit of a male and so that traveled on for thousands of years and then a teacher named krishmachara came in and krishmachara came in in the late 1800s early 1900s and he is who we call the godfather of yoga essentially and so he was down in the southern part of India in Mysore. And so he had all these students and whatnot, and they would go perform certain like trick postures in the central square. And that was doing like handstand, scorpion pose, all these crazy things. Like the things that you see on Instagram now, yeah. he was doing in these big plazas to mm -hmm. sell yoga and he got people in. But the funny thing is, is that you're mentioning that mainly only women practice yoga. And that's the same deal here in America. And so I just started a teacher training on Tuesday. I'm the only guy in the whole teacher training. When I go to most classes, I'm most of the time the only guy in. Um, and so there's been a big shift because in the mid 1900s, probably from 19, we'll say 30, don't quote me on this, the 1960-ish, because mm -hmm. only men were allowed to practice. No women were allowed to at all. Oh. And so Krishmachar used to travel around and do all that stuff. Um, and then he met the king of Mysore and made this style of yoga called Ashtanga yoga. Mm -hmm. And so it was supposed to be for the military of Mysore, which was young boys and the men in the military of Mysore. It was a very regimented, very difficult, very challenging practice. And then as it started getting more popular, one of his students, Patabi Joyce, took it under his wing and basically made it his practice. And that's like he was known as being the Ashtanga master teacher. Mm -hmm. And so he had a daughter named Saraswati, which a lot of women, obviously, in religious backgrounds coming from the Hindu side of things is that a lot, there are a lot of Saraswatis, but she is Saraswati by Patabi Joyce. Mm -hmm. And she was actually the first woman, first, one of the first women teachers, I believe. But the biggest thing that she did is she started doing intermixed classes. So she would teach classes to men and women. And from my understanding, what I've read is she received a lot of negative feedback after doing men and women. And so then at that point, more women started practicing and there's this huge domino effect where mm. now women basically dominate the industry where it started out as like a male only practice. And so when you're talking about what you're going through is that you don't see a lot of guys there. It's just kind of like how the popularity is. For me as a yoga teacher, my biggest thing is trying to make it accessible Mm -hmm. And what women and men can do, just talking about sex is not identity or gender pronouns, just men and women. Mm -hmm. um, our bodies can only do so many different things. And so a lot of male bodies can only do so many things. Like I can do X amount of push-ups. You and I could probably do a lot of push-ups, but not a lot of women can because they have different body setups and different shoulder strength, but they're also more limber most of the time. This mm -hmm. is gross generalization. So there's definitely people that are outliers. But yeah. looking at the mass population, um, it's that, you know, it's a lot of these classes are very difficult for men as well. Oh, man, I got inspired by you only. So that's why, that's why I joined the yoga. Otherwise, 
if i would have uh, hang uh, like you know only been here if i haven't uh, met you know i could have never joined the yoga man seriously you are, you inspired me for that man i wow, think well you are somebody that's hungry for personal growth though i don't know a lot of people your age doing everything that you're doing you really push yourself to grow at all possible ends of life and that's why you're doing this podcast it's why you're probably jumping into yoga that's why you're starting new jobs and so it was cool to meet you but you just needed to meet somebody to push you in the right direction because you are very self-driven and know it's going to happen anyways thanks man that's so kind of you yeah yeah so uh, tell us about yeah i wanted to know about you you started this project right uh you bought a car and you plan you told me about it in goa also that that's what you are planning you wanted to travel around the us and in this car so what happened to that how how it's going uh it's going really well i want to say i'm about 2 or 3 weeks from finishing everything right now uh and that's what's crazy is like one of those things in life is that if you start making goals and you actually set up a step process you can totally get there And so building this van is something I've talked about for a couple of years. When you and I met, it was something it was more of a dream. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I hope I can do this. And so a lot of things definitely fell in my favor, but a lot of things just kind of happened how they happened. And so uh when I went to India, I was there for 3 months. I traveled like 22 cities in 3 months. Yeah. So I traveled more in India than I've ever traveled in the United States ever. <laughs> yeah. And Uh one thing that I do want to do is start traveling a lot more because I get to meet amazing people and so you were one of those people that when I think of India you are probably the first person I think of because it was such a great time hanging out those like 3 4 days that we did um but I don't think that's just Indian people I think you're a great person but I think people in general are yeah. really amazing you just have to meet them and so one thing that we have here I think in any country because when I went to India I met people from around the world we all have the same problems nobody likes their government mm. nobody really likes each other because of what we read on social media but yeah. when we go out into the real world we actually have noticed that we're all okay for the most part and so there's definitely people you're going to meet that you don't like but I want to meet more people and so one thing I've grown up in is I'm not like crazy about America per se because of what people have told me yeah but I want to go meet them in person because I know mm. like if I meet anybody in the world I can probably make friends with them and then I can also learn something from their culture. And so going to India I learned a ton about your culture and mm-hmm. even going from the north to the south, east to the west. Uh when you and I met, I was just living in Rishikesh for the past basically 6 weeks. Yeah. And so even meeting you, you were even telling me the difference between northern India and southern India and you were basically my information man about all of that stuff and so it was really cool to see the side but you guys were so incredibly kind as in when i say you guys mean indian people um because you and i just met on the beach of goa and we just started kicking it off and i think we just hung out for 3 days straight which was so cool yeah. uh but yeah one thing that i did talk about was the van build and so kind of giving a little demo that's the driver seats obviously passenger i made these doors out of cedar And so everything is just kind of wood. We have lights up and running. I have a stove set up. That's my water that I pulled out. Awesome. Um right now I have the stove running to keep heat in here right now. Mm-hmm. And so we have fans set up in the top, in the back, and I have my bed set up. Uh we just put a wall in and that's my bathroom. And so I just have some last little decorative things to do and we're off 
but the thing that kind of stinks right now is the yoga industry is not doing that well. And the fact that uh, what I was going to do is hold workshops. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to do like a handstand workshop because that's one of my specialties. Yeah. Uh, but also doing other things as, such as like yogic philosophy and uh, doing like sequencing strategies or like mentorships for certain people when I go and travel. Mm-hmm. But everything's been stopped. But I also had, I've had to spend so much time in this band that it wouldn't have been feasible for me to do both. So I'm hoping in 2021, I can start traveling around the US and start teaching a little bit more. But yeah. I tell you what, I miss India a lot. So I want to come back. So I'm thinking maybe in a year, maybe two, I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm please do, you. man. All right. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Come and hang out. Yeah, yeah, of course. We're going to, we'll travel India also. Then that, we'll because to, I, what was I, the beats that we went to with all the dance with all the dance clubs? Pardon? <laughs> what was the da- or what was the beats we went to with all the dance clubs? Anjuna, Anjuna. It was Anjuna. We went to, we met in Anjuna, but what was the one that was southern? Sort of the beat. Oh, uh, no, we went to Baga, then we went to Arambur. Baga, Baga yeah. Beach. Baga Beach was the one that we saw. We couldn't even see the lights finish yeah, at the end of the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the most beautiful places that we saw was that one. Had all the hanging lights below, and it was all wood. And I actually just saw the picture of that the other day, so that brought me back. I can't believe it was a year ago. It doesn't feel like a year ago. Yeah, man, I was uh, I was planning to move to Goa. Like I am planning to, but let's see. My parents are not allowing me, but I'm planning to move to Goa. Okay, well, yeah. let's plan it. I'll move there with you. Yeah, right? it will be fun, man. Let's yeah. buy a retreat space. Let's get some money in. Yeah, because I can't buy a property in India. Because you have to be Indian to buy property mm-hmm. in India is what I yeah. understand. Yeah. So we'll buy property through you. And then we'll open up a retreat space, yoga, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And after a couple of years, maybe, man, then we could move back to US. Then on your name, we could buy property. And then we could do the same thing in US also. Because I really want, i never been to US, man. I want to, you know, come there as well. Hey, if you plan a US trip... I will come pick you up in this. We'll go around and travel the US of A, baby. We could do it. That's amazing, man. We could totally do it. You just have to fly in, have some money to spend, and then we have a place to stay in the and the van's mobile. So you can sleep anywhere. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh what about the one thing which you are curious about? about yoga and you know about your journey about life what's what is what's most you know you're curious about right now uh where it's gonna go is my like i'm very curious on seeing what the future holds i suppose and so i feel like i have a good grip on how everything has been going Mm -hmm. but uh i don't know i'm just curious about the future i suppose which is not what you're supposed to do in yoga not supposed to worry about the future the past live in the present moment which a lot of my, you know, being a type A personality, I'm always worried about growth and where things are going to go. Um, but it's interesting to see the influences and how things are going. One big thing I focus on is the tradition of yoga and keeping it alive. And so I guess kind of rerouting back to one of the questions you had, though, that's what's interesting is here in America, yoga is really popular. But yeah. when I was in India, besides going to Rishikesh, Goa, and like Mysore, couldn't really find yoga studios that much and so uh would you say that a lot of indian cultures being very westernized is very corporate now they're making businesses everywhere yeah Uh, it's not as spiritual in india as it used to be my like i heard from a friend out in india that if gandhi came back 
he'd be pissed off at everybody because mm-hmm. it's gone in the opposite direction that he wanted people to go to. And the idea of not being corporate, not the idea of like, you know, trying to do this efficiency madness and creating a system, mm-hmm. but rather like following your eternal bliss kind of deal. So, but you know, it is kind of needed, you know, like in last uh, 70 years, India, the growth that India did is phenomenal. Like it's not that much, but like I can see, like my parents told me when what situation, you know, they were living, like they didn't have food to eat. It was that was situation, man, like in India right now, because of, you know, corporates and FDI and all these things, things are, you know, getting much better. And right now it's awesome. Like the middle class is emerging, the upper middle class is emerging. So a lot of things are happening. Uh, the startups are booming, you know, like, and we are the, so India is a socialist country. So like doing a business is tough here and, uh, but still people are doing it. So yeah, it's, I think there's a lot of hope in India. Well, let's see, man. Yeah. Well, and that's my understanding is there's been a lot of growth. And so the one thing that people in America right now, at least I need to choose my words correctly, just in case there's some very important people watch this. All right, push back. Yeah. <laughs> But there's a lot of people that are very progressive and they think that uh, Western culture is ruining yoga. They think Western culture is ruining some parts of our own society. But then when we go out to India, you guys are being Westernized and that you think it's good for growth. So it's interesting being on the opposite polarities Mm -hmm. because we're so Westernized as in corporations, capitalism and all that that we think we should go back and start doing this stuff where it's about caring about community and not working for corporations, so on and so forth. Um, but like you're saying is like, and one thing I witness as like being in America is these systems work though, is mm. that there's not too many people here in America that are starving or families going through that. There are homeless populations for sure. Um, there are definitely populations that are not doing as well, but obviously going to India for me was a big wake up call because there's a lot more people that are struggling out there. Yeah. The majority of Indians are many... into farming and stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah How's was... the air quality now, though? Is the air quality going better, getting better because there's not as many people doing stuff? Yeah, air quality in Maharashtra and, you know, in South, it's already better. So you were in North. The air quality in North is not uh, good. Like, nothing is not in good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i've heard well and if you come to america it's about the north and the south and we all talk trash about each other so that's what's funny it's in india mm. doing the same thing um but i heard certain places in the north it was the first time they've seen the himalayas in like 30 years because the air quality is finally better yeah but i bet that was only for a few weeks and then it's starting are you guys going through like a second wave or anything out there we're kind of locking back down a little bit so right now, it's like we was the, like recently we started, you know, the cases started, uh, you know, getting below recently. Getting below? Yeah. So, so number oh, of so cases they, are decreasing. Ooh, number of cases easy. are decreasing. Yeah, easing. But I think the second wave will yeah. come because right now there's a Dashera and Diwali. These are the major festivals in the country right now. And people will gonna go out. And I think the second wave could come. But now people yeah. lost, like people forget about COVID, man. It's like all chill for them. No one is wearing masks. Like, like this is the situation here right now. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised. India people don't give up. <laughs> you know, they're just like, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> um, it kind of like same in America though. It kind of depends where you're at. Mm. I'm in a much more, I don't know, because there's conservatives and liberals here. Exactly. But people are a little bit more mindful. 
And so we have a mask order. You have to wear a mask if you go outside. They actually, in our main city now, if you're walking outside, you have to wear a mask. Yeah, here also in cities, you're allowed so, to. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely much different and interesting, mm. but I don't know. It's, it's crazy time to be alive. That's for sure. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah. So I have one question for you. What did you learn from being a yoga instructor, which you wouldn't have learned anywhere? How important it is to help other people. Because it's like one of those things is you don't realize everyone's gone through shit and life is hard. And the more that I start to meet my students and get to know them so they're going through a lot of very hard things and that they feel safe they feel comfortable coming into my classes and so when I got into teaching yoga it's definitely more about me and the things that I wanted out of the practice and whatnot mm -hmm. or at the teaching um, but the biggest gift has been helping other people and so when I get to see that a single mom comes to my class that is not having a healthy time mentally because she has been holding up too many things in her life, whether it's her children, her job, whatever's going on. Um, but then she comes to my class once a week and she feels safe. Or there's been crazier stories where a person has had a stroke and they can't move their body they want the way that they want. And they come to the class because they feel safe and can actually move their body and so on and so forth. And so there's so many different stories that I've met, whether it's somebody losing a um, loved one to cancer or if it's somebody that got you know a friend that committed suicide all these horrible things that we all go through at one point mm -hmm. in our life or some you know it's people come but the biggest thing in life is finding healthy spaces to be safe in when you're going through a shit show yeah and not running to the bar go to getting drunk and doing all this stuff and partying all night but actually going through and sitting with the shit that you've gone through and so it's cool because when i meet a lot of the people that come to my classes they're going through something so who knows what it is. And yeah. so the fact that they can come to my class and feel safe is very important to me. So what is that one thing that you're, you're like, you know, teaching someone or your clients, you know, something that happened to your clients, which you never expected. Uh, the craziest one I want to say is we had a student come into class this is many years ago and so i don't think it's inappropriate to say because if there's something newer i don't want to ever talk about it because mm -hmm. i don't want a student that's going through something to watch like a podcast or something like this and like know that i'm talking about them they might still be going through a hard time but this is easily three years ago and so i had a student that came into my class uh students body language is very erratic not making any sense in certain postures they were doing almost the complete opposite what i was saying mm -hmm. but more i started reading the body language is i didn't think that they were trying to be disrespectful i thought it was like a motor function problem and that they couldn't like function the way that they wanted to so I let them do the whole thing in my class and whatnot and everything was fine and at the end of class came over and said you know they just had a stroke two weeks ago and it was the first time that they left their house. And mm -hmm. this is the first time because they were like scared to be around people because they can't move their body the way that they wanted to. So that's why this individual put their mat at the back of the room, didn't want people to watch them. And I didn't like point the person out. I wasn't like trying to single them out and make them feel like they were bad or anything like that. And so they thanked me for just creating a safe space. And so uh, I've got a few other stories like that, but it's just basically you, have people come in, they're acting a little strange, things that you don't understand. 
And nine out of 10 times at the end of class, they come up and tell you the crazy thing they've been through. And, you know, that's the whole point is trying to keep each other safe. So. What is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? What is my biggest failure? Yeah. Uh, in yoga or in life? Uh, I don't know. In life, in yoga. And what did you learn from it? So, you know, or something that you learn also from. So one thing when we talk about failures, failures are the things that scare us. And most of the time we're scared to do anything when we fail. Mm -hmm. So I want to say my biggest failure and I wear a wristband every day. Let's see if I can get it to actually show on there. I don't know if it's coming out straight on your end, yeah, but it says stay, stay humble. humble. Yeah. Stay humble. So I wear this every day because I started a business when I was 22, 23, and it was called Humble Apparel. And things went well, learned a lot, but the business did not continue to grow. Mm. Uh, things for like apparel. One thing that I realized is that you have to stay relevant. You have to be producing new stuff all the time. So after I got through my first wave of orders, um, there's a lot of learning things or curves such as like didn't sell, you know, double XL products, or there's certain colors that didn't sell, or there's different fonts that people didn't like that didn't sell. And so my overhead was not the best. And so I had to go through my second wave. And before going to my second wave, I was like, screw it, let's not do it. Um, and so it's something that I really put a lot of money, time and effort into and it completely face planted. But the biggest thing about life is you have to fail to grow. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing is that we always worry about our failures, but our failures make our, us a better individual. And so when I look at all my previous jobs, all my previous endeavors, whether it be business or personal endeavors, uh, most of the time you do fail to some capacity. Uh, there's definitely been things in yoga that I failed at, whether it's like working for a certain studio, going to a certain training, not doing something on my behalf, but you have to use it as points of growth. And so I'd say my biggest failure was the business I tried starting, but now I'm running my own business. And so I have my own LLC set up, which is a limited liability company here in America, yeah. which just separates all my assets away from me as an individual and puts it into a company. So if the company dies, I don't die financially as well. Yeah. Um, but I learned that through the apparel company. I learned so many different things through the apparel company. And so although that it was my biggest failure, it was also my biggest point of growth. And most of the time our failures are our growth. So. What about you, Pushbok? Let's talk about you a little bit. What is your biggest <laughs> failure? Uh, I think it was my startup only, man. Like I started a company you in my up? college. Yeah, I started a, when I was yeah. 19. When I was 19, I started a company. Not company. It was a small venture, we could call. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I made a lot. Like that was one of the biggest mistake and failure. Not mistake, I won't call it. I, I, like, I, I, it was a good thing that I tried. I learned a lot from it. And uh, yeah, that was it. Start doing the startup. And so it was an amazing experience of starting a company and learned a lot, but a uh, lot of things happened. A lot of things are responsible for this. I, I was kind of lazy. I was in college and I was surrounded by people who are not into the you know, startup. So it also matters, you know, the people you're surrounded by you, it, you become one of them. Like uh, I don't blame my friends for this, like how uh, I, my startup failed. But it kind of, they kind of influenced me. So uh, there are lots of things, you know, and uh, I didn't had money also. Like I was 19 year old. I was in my college. Like 
so yeah that was my biggest failure and i learned a lot from it like i i will have to make another video for it so <laughs> maybe i i will i will make one <laughs> yeah it's not a bad thing well that's the whole thing though especially when we're young we're very driven to do certain things but the thing i ran into as well is not enough money mm. and so like a big wake up call to any start like starting any business is that you have to have a good amount of money saved up and the first couple of years are the hardest yeah. and like you were saying is that you have to have individuals around you that are strong and build you up and not individuals that are going to pull you down and so that was one of the other things i learned from my business don't work with other people do not and like when i start really listening into people who are business owners um, you can have people who are investors who invest into your product or whatever you're doing yeah um, if you have somebody you really 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 i'll say it again really really trust you can work with them but business is hard and when money's on the line and stakes are in uh it's very difficult whether it's like having a like going into business with friends is difficult going into business with a person that is your partner is very difficult yeah um going into business with a stranger is obviously easier because you have less emotional ties yeah to them uh but another reason why i love teaching yoga is i'm my own boss for the most part i make my own classes i do everything myself no one is above me telling me what to do to do something else and so uh that was one of the biggest learning lessons from opening a business is just do shit by yourself yeah that's the best part about being a you know entrepreneur or working for ourselves instead of watching working for someone so if you're going to start another business today what would it be and why uh i don't know man uh it's a tough question come on come on maybe in yoga I, i will start something no, you can't do yoga you haven't done shit in yoga no no like what I, what i'm pl- planning is uh, i'm planning to start the ai artificial intelligence of yoga so there will be an app you can download it on the phone and your app will talk to you and understand you and will teach you yoga as well at your home only yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be that... interesting you'd be putting me out of business so watch <laughs> out bud <laughs> now we're enemies quick yeah how quick that turned <laughs> actually this idea i had like a couple of days yesterday only i was just thinking about it but i don't know if it's possible or not and it won't make any sense to be honest you need a human for that uh technically if you could get a computer to read a human's body hmm. then yes it would work yeah i think the technology to get a camera to even read a person's body would be very difficult um obviously computers process a lot faster than humans yeah so if they could understand the biomechanics of muscles everything and how like ranges of motion and functionality it could work but you'd be putting me out of business yeah i won't do that <laughs> <laughs> you know what what we can do is uh we'll start this company together man and like i don't know no i i don't know <laughs> that's a big thing that's been popular i don't know like as of right now there's online yoga is especially during the pandemic is that online yoga is very popular it is um, it is but the the biggest thing is having very big teachers mm. that promote and pull people in Yeah. And so I've seen companies that go out and they try to start this online yoga business uh but they don't have any teachers that anybody knows. Right. And right. so it's really hard to sell. Uh but that's also the trade-off is you could go pay here in America $20 a month and have some of the best teachers in the world 
for 20 bucks a month. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a good business model, but it seems hard, but there's a lot of companies doing it at the same time too. So. Yeah. I was watching this uh, documentary of Bikram, Bikram Yoga. You know about this guy? He's from India. Oh, only, yeah, and he came to LA and he started doing yoga. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, Bikram came. So he started out in like, I think like Calcutta. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. He comes from the Ghosh lineage. Ghosh lineage comes from yeah. Calcutta, Bishnu Ghosh also knew like Vivekananda, all those areas and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so Vishnu Ghosh is, I'm pretty sure you studied with Vishnu Ghosh. And then he came out to America and becomes not a good person. So before, like nowadays we can fact check everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Pushbach, you just told me, you're like, hey, I competed in the Olympics for, you know, debt, like for lifting and wrestling. Mm -hmm. Before back in the day, I just have to like guess or like I'd, it'd be hard for me to tell that you were wrong yeah. but now I could literally jump on my phone and put your name in and put like Olympics and realize that you've never been to the Olympics at all <laughs> um, but one thing that Beekram said is when he came here he said that he was in the Olympics for lifting he mm -hmm. used to make all these grandiose claims that he did all these things that he never did um, it, he was really good at lying and so, and he's a very powerful speaker and got people to believe him. Uh, and one thing in India, at least yoga in India, they're very strict and disciplined, which I like. Mm -hmm. And so one thing when he came here to America, he was very strict and disciplined and he used to talk shit to so many teachers. And so yeah. have you seen the documentary on Netflix yeah, 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 or whatever? Yeah. Is that the one we're talking about? Yeah. Like he legitimately <laughs> would go into this room that was at 110 degrees, 40% humidity, which is super hot. And he would just scream at his students the whole time. And people loved it. And <laughs> yeah. it's a very hard style of yoga and it's very difficult. Uh, but then he started having these sex scandals come out. Yeah. And so he did a lot of very inappropriate things, is my understanding, which was unacceptable and not good. But he only got tried for civil court, I believe. And it was like not criminal. And yeah. so there is warrants out for his arrest, but he can't be extradited. So when he knew things were going really bad, he just flew out of America and went back to India. If I knew that he was teaching in India, I'd probably go take one of his classes though, <laughs> which I didn't know. Do you know what city he's in? He's still selling out training. Supposedly he's supposed to be one of the best teachers. He's in India right Doesn't now? Doesn't mean he's a good person. He's Are in India. Serious? yeah oh, i don't know man if he's in Kolkata or not like his kids are in la only i guess he's like, in india somewhere okay I, but his kids are in us i don't know man i'll uh, let's see if i can find him so like an analogy i like to use is so like in Amer we like american football not soccer as we call mm -hmm. it here or you guys call it football obviously yeah uh, but my whole thing is like you can be a good quarterback, but you can't be a good person kind of deal, or you can be a bad person too. And that's kind of like Bikram. Or if you're, what's a position in soccer? Center midfielder, right? Is that yeah. a position? Don't know a lot about soccer. So you could man. be a really good, you could be a really good midfielder in soccer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're a good person. Yeah. And so Bikram is a shitty person, but he's supposed to be a really good teacher. Yeah. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind taking one of his classes to see. 
but yeah, he's supposedly done some really, 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 <laughs> really bad things. Uh, yeah, so you know we were talking about the westernization which is happening in India. So you traveled India a lot more than me. <laughs> so what yeah. what do you think? Uh, you know, like where we are going? What's your perspective as an American? What do you think about India? Are we doing it correct, or you know what what we are doing right, or what we are doing wrong? What do you think? Um, right and wrong. I see. I can't compare right and wrong. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the first time I've ever been to right. India. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I didn't see what India was doing previously. And my understanding is India is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the North and the South are much different. And so I spent most of my time in the North. I went through Rajasthan, I hit, what was it? Jaisalmer, Udaipur, yeah. Pushkar, Jaipur. Bikan- have you been to Bikan- Bikan- Rajasthan? No. Okay. Where's it's that? In, it's in Rajasthan. Is that in Rajasthan? Yeah, it's in Rajasthan. Yeah. Rajasthan food. Woo! Oh my God, hot. <laughs> but then after that, I went up north and was in Rishikesh basically for like six, seven weeks. And then I went to the south. So next time I come out, I want to hang out in the south a lot more than the north, I think. In my opinion, the south was a lot more gorgeous. Yeah. Air quality was a lot better. But air quality was also a lot better because I was right next to the beach. And so uh, it seems like one thing is that people in India were much more kind than America and that they would like let us in. But they obviously knew that I was a tourist because of my skin color. Yeah. So a lot of people came over and were super nice. Uh, I don't know how nice Indian people are to other Indian people would be the question. Yeah. Uh, Biggest room for growth is stop burning things. No more burning things. No more burning trash, mm-hmm. no more burning poop or all the stuff in the fields. Because what's happening here in Colorado, where I live, I live next to a bunch of mountains and it got really yeah. dry. So we have a ton of forest fires. So we have all these huge forest fires that have burned thousands, like hundreds of thousands of acres now. Yeah, California also and was like, burning, no? Yeah. So California is much worse than Colorado right now. Much worse. And so... But when I go outside, I smell the smoke and it reminds me of India. And that's how bad, like, you guys don't have forest fires, but you guys are burning so much stuff. Yeah, it most, smells like forest fires. Yeah, man, if you come to, you know, Maharashtra and uh, in, in south part, so it's not like that because you are in, uh, you know, north. So in UP, in Delhi, Delhi has, like, one of the most popular uh, pollution is in Delhi, I think. World's most polluted, uh, you know, city is Delhi. Yeah, Some India or Delhi. Delhi is supposed to be one of the worst in the world. Yeah, and you've been to Agra. When I was as well, reading right? about it. Agra is also polluted. Yeah, I went that, to Agra. Bro, entire north is polluted. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing that was crazy about Agra is because you go see the Taj Mahal, hmm. which is one of the most beautiful things in the world, yeah. and Agra outside of it is so beat up. Agra ah, was actually exactly. one of like the most. Agra was one of the most beat up cities that I saw all of in India. Damn. So you go to the yeah. Taj Mahal and you see, man, this is like one of the most amazing building uh, in the world. And then you come out of there and you see this, damn, what the fuck is this, man? Like, yeah, you must be really shocked. Exactly. It's super shocked. And so, I don't know, it's pretty crazy. It's hard, like, I don't understand it though. And that's the crazy thing. And so, like, I didn't see it in Mumbai, but apparently in Mumbai, you'll have like million dollar houses yeah. next to the slums. Right. And there's just a huge disparity. And so that's kind of like 
you know, Agra is you have like one of the most beautiful places ever right next to places that are not doing it like right. well at all. So you so. have you been to Mumbai, Pune or Bangalore? This is like one of the best cities in India. Like, no, that was like the only places that I ended up skipping. So I was looking at, so Osho has a spot in Pune. Hmm. And that's where like the original Osho space was or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But when I looked it up, it was expensive. Yeah, it is, man. Like 300 US dollars a day. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. And so yeah. I didn't go there. Um, I was tired of going to big cities. So I skipped Mumbai. And so since yeah. I skipped Mumbai and Pune, I didn't do anything else. You did a good thing, man, because, you know, the city that I talked about, they have worse traffic than LA, not, uh, but, you know, kind of the same traffic as LA, you could, it's not good. When I was in the airport at Mumbai, I think I bought a Kingfisher beer hmm. for 1400 rupees. Seriously? Yeah, airport is expensive, man. They got taxes on Yeah, them. I was and, like, and when you no, came to Goa, then what? It's like 45 <laughs> rupees. <laughs> I was like, oh god! But the so music, you... the trance music, no, no. <laughs> Goa is fun, man. <laughs> Goa is like crazy about the music. I wish we met the night earlier when I went to yeah, the, dude, seriously, the Royal Enfield Festival. That was the craziest thing I saw in all of India. I was just going to dinner, drove past this field, and there was hundreds and hundreds of motorcycles parked in there and you mm. could hear the subwoofer going i was like you know what screw it i'm on an adventure let's go see what's happening in here so i just started wandering in there wandered in and it was a free festival or like event and i think they had like beers for like 35 rupees or something like that Damn. it was nuts it was so i had two in one no? hand was it uh, no they played hip-hop so and i like hip-hop being from America. Yeah. And so they played a lot of that and they played some classic rock. No rave music at all. So that's why I was planning to See, go that's to Goa. What, that's what I want to do in life. Why do you want to go to Goa? Goa was so touristy. Mm, I I don't know, man. Like, uh, like there you are gotta some go places... down to Alapi. Go to Alapi. Yeah, yeah. Granted, the wet season, the wet season in Alapi sounds pretty crazy. Are you in the wet season right now? Is it raining a lot? No. It's uh, like no. we are at the end of rainy right now. The rainy season is ending. And, and, and the winter is starting. Yeah, exactly. Winter? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody that's from America listening to this, their, their Indian winters are still like American summers. <laughs> yeah. But then again, what is an Indian summer like? 100 degrees and super humid? Uh, it's well, like yeah, you're in Celsius though. So. If you come, if you come to Central India or Delhi or North, it's super hot. It's super hot, dude. It's fucking hot. It will like it could kill people, man. It literally people literally die in summer. What? Because of what it. months are summer for India? April, May, March. It starts April, in March. May. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of starts in Feb, like March, April, and May is the you know highest heat you could see. May. And nowadays, like, weather is really fucked up, man. Like, you could see rains in any, like, any month in the year. It's not like... Uh, yeah. It, because of global warming and all, like, nothing yep, is in exactly. the... Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Weather is fucked up. 
Yeah, it's been interesting here. Weather has been very inconsistent as well. And so, but our summers are like June, July, and August. It's still hot in May, still pretty warm in September, but now we're in October. And so it's 70 degrees Fahrenheit, which means, I don't know, in Celsius. Yeah. I think that means it's like 28 degrees Celsius, I think. But then again, when I was in certain parts of India, I wanted to be at least 70. When I was in Rishikesh, it was always like this temperature basically the whole time. Yeah. Like, man, Colorado, I saw, you know, I never been to US, but I saw Colorado is really beautiful, right? Affordable? Uh, Colorado, Colorado. It's really beautiful, right? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So Colorado is very mountainous. And there's a lot of plains. So we have everything but an ocean. Yeah. So we've got desert. We got tundra. We've got well, I guess we don't have rainforest. So we don't have an ocean and a rainforest, mm -hmm. but we have forest. Um, a lot of big mountains and stuff. It's a beautiful spot. Uh, I've always wanted to move other spots, but I just I really love it here. So every time, like when I came back from India, I was like, oh, I'm home, yeah. which is nice. Is hunting we'll legal uh, in the United States? Hunting? Can you not hunt? No, we can't. Like, uh, you can't know, uh, wild animals. Well, because you can't have like guns. Deer and stuff. Yeah, hunting is huge in Col Like, hunting is huge in America. Colorado is one of the best places to hunt. Yeah, I do hunt. Um, I've tried. I've never gotten anything. Mm. And so an animal that I've tried hunting is an elk. Mm -hmm. But I only did it for a year or two. Me actually killing an animal is very scary. I don't yeah. know if I could actually kill it. But the idea of getting good, healthy meat is why I'd want to do it versus like one thing that we're dealing with here is factory farming. And yeah. Factory farming is very disgusting. And so I don't want to be a part of factory farming. So that's why I want to get into hunting. Um, but as you know, in America, like guns and everything are pretty just... Yeah. Which like we're school having kids have guns, right? In US, school kids have guns. <laughs> Not that crazy, <laughs> but that's what it probably seems like for everybody else. But we've got 326 million people here, and there's like 350 million guns in the United States. Damn. So there's as many guns as there is people. Nice. It's pretty crazy. So <laughs> um, I think hunting's fine and stuff like that. It's when you get into the military-grade assault rifles and stuff like that. It's just, it seems weird. Uh, like, but hunting's cool. Hunting's hard. Yeah. But, Yeah. Do you listen to Joe Rogan podcast? Uh, I listen to Joe Rogan podcast all the time. He, I've he listened to building this van. I've probably mm -hmm. listened to probably over like a hundred hours of Joe Rogan. Yeah. So uh, like, you know, like uh, Joe Rogan and a lot of people are moving to Texas, you know, California to Texas. Why do you think like that? What's the reason? Uh, so Texas has very limited restrictions. Okay. And so... When you come to America, there's two political parties for the most part. There's Republicans and Democrats. And Texas, for the most part, is very Republican. Mm -hmm. And so they're more conservative. But one thing that Texas, I think, is doing right is this idea of small government, mm -hmm. which in India you should be familiar with. This government does not do much. The government's really out of your life. They don't tax you that much. They don't regulate, regulate you that much. And they leave things kind of open. And so California and Texas are like basically Republican, Democratic. Um, mm -hmm. In California, it's big government and they tax you a ton. 
and they regulate a ton. And so Joe Rogan, who's a multimillionaire, doesn't want to pay 60% of his taxes. So yeah. when you think about 60%, like if you look at 10 months out of the year, six months of those years, you're just paying for someone else's shit. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole point of that. Now, obviously we're in a 12 month, but that's just to break it down easily. And so I don't know, it's just a lot of different ideas and due to COVID and everything, like one thing that California had is had all the celebrity, you could meet anybody and everybody. You had a lot of opportunity, uh, but now people don't care about like Joe Rogan doesn't care about that. So he just moved to Austin, Texas. Mm. Austin, Texas is a very liberal part of Texas. And so it's much more in the middle. Mm. but it's just one of those things that like hell i might move to texas who knows yeah i can't stand the heat and the humidity though and that's i don't know there's nothing have you been, texas have you been to all. texas yeah i have family in, i have family in dallas texas in houston there are dallas lots of indians cool. are there no there are lots of indians in texas also lots of indians in texas lots of indians surprisingly right by me yeah There are a lot of Indians in America. Of course, there are That's a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them. And so they go in pockets and whatnot. And so like if I search Indian restaurants by me right now, which I think now that we're talking, I think I need to go get Indian food today. Mm -hmm. I think that's necessary. <laughs> um, but with these pockets and everything, uh, there's a lot of Indian people in like area. Um, I have not been to Texas and noticed a lot of Indian people. I haven't been to Texas in a while, though. Mm -hmm. In Colorado, there's a good amount of people, but in, there's tons of Indians, period. Huge population. Yeah. And so a lot of Indian people have been moving out. I met, there's a woman who takes my classes and her name is Pema. And she goes, or Hema rather. And she is from, starts with a CH down in the South by Mysore. Um, What is it? Starts with a CH. CH. Kochi. Nah, not Kochi. That's K K. C H Chennai, Chennai. Chennai, yep, Chennai. Yeah. She's from yeah. Chennai, and so we got a lot of people from India around here, which is pretty cool. And mostly they are South Indians, I guess. I don't know, kind of. I have no idea. Just knowing how much money it probably costs, because like seven when I was out there, it was like sixty-five rupees to one dollar. Mm. So even getting a plane ticket to America has got to be so expensive. Yeah, it is. Like so, it is uh, like plane to go to US is I, I think seventy thousand, sixty thousand above, sixty thousand rupees. Rupees. Yeah, seventy thousand. Yeah, that sounds lakh. about right. Because hmm. I think that round trip, my it was like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars round trip in American dollars. Mm -hmm. Which, if you do that math, math that's going to be like you said, like sixty-five to ninety-five rupees, ninety-five thousand. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, there are lots of Indians who are no. rich, man. That is also true. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is there's a lot of Indians that do make a lot of money. That's so it's crazy. Well, they're coming out here. They're driving Porsches. They have these yeah. big ass houses. <laughs> like, get yourself some. Uh, but you know, like uh, you went to. What is the difference between India and you know US? What what uh, is there any difference? Because you know when I met you, man, like I by talking to you, by hanging out with with you, like I I didn't see any difference. You know, like 
you are just like a normal human just like me like means uh, but did you find any difference like you know in us and india what is the difference that you have noticed uh india and america are very drastically it's just how they're set up and so one thing here is this like how those things are very clean super mm-hmm. super clean And so in India when you rock into a restaurant there's no actual doors for the most part you just walk into this open space yeah. and it's just a restaurant. In America you walk in there's a huge sign above there's a door you come in everything's swept down and cleaned and super nice. Um in India it's more like family owned stuff. And so I say the cleanliness and besides that I don't know. It's just it's much different cultures. It really is. And so that's like the biggest thing is like when you come out here you'll see it's just a whole different culture yeah. which was good for me cuz like going to India is like community was much more important is people in the community knew each other a lot more than if you come here in America it's like most people don't even know their neighbors. Yeah. Have you traveled outside of India before? I traveled to Nepal only. Have you been to Nepal? It's in the north. How do you like Nepal? Yeah, it's amazing. It's covered with Himalaya. It's awesome. I yeah. liked it. That's what I've heard. Everybody that talks about the Nepal loves Nepal. Yeah, there's Bhutan also and yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's like if I come out to India again, I'm going through Nepal for sure. Yeah. Nepal is good. Did you go to what's the capital of Nepal? Kathmandu. Yeah, I've been to Kathmandu. Yeah, Kathmandu. Yep, that's right. Pokhara is awesome. Pokhara is really beautiful. Yeah. It's a city in yeah in Nepal. So in 10 years from now, where are you push back? What are you doing? Ah, that's a tough question, man. If you could have asked me if 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 you you know, you if you would have asked me this uh before 2 years, I would have tell told you the my entire plan, but uh I I you know, I made a lot of plans in my life before 2 years, but none of that worked really, you know, uh like Uh, I miss you know it didn't really work that way you know which I expected so yeah. I really don't want to make any plans like I just want to live man live in the present yeah this is what I learned It's in this two gig. years yeah but yeah I, I I want to grow yeah that's it I grow in everywhere like personally uh professionally money wise wealth wise uh, financial wealth mental wealth everything man like. Uh, building good relations with people maybe travel around the world and yeah that's it oh well, that's not a bad gig at all at least you want to grow that's all thing though when we're in our 20s we have big dreams but it doesn't mean that we can't accomplish them yeah. but sometimes when you're young you want to do a lot of shit so it's okay to fail but living in the moment obviously as a yoga teacher that's what you're supposed to do yeah When are you getting married? Me? Yeah. Getting married? I don't <laughs> know, man. We'll see. Relationships are hard. Are you getting married soon? Are you still with that girl? Bro, I, I'm not in North India, so now I'm not in North India. I'm not getting married for at least ten years. And ten you years. know, yeah. You said I know. I remember you said in Goa, I'm gonna I'm gonna get married before you. But now I bet you, bro, you will get married before me. we'll see dude we'll so relationships are hard but that's the whole thing is like 
whatever happens happens do i want to have like a family and all that stuff yeah one day there's no point to rush it right how old are you i am 30 years old now i turned 30 in august how old are you pushback i'm 22 oh you're a baby (laughs) you still have so much in front of you so what's your plan for next 10 years tell me my next plan for 10 years yeah see that's why i know this shit all right so for the next two to three years travel in this van see the united states travel and teach yoga and then when i come back hopefully start or wherever not even come back but then eventually open up a studio so maybe it's here in colorado or maybe i find somewhere else that i really love mm. then open a studio once i open the studio running hold up we just lost a headphone um once i open the studio we're gonna go through and run teacher trainings a big thing here in all teacher trainings and in india is a two and three hundred hour the 200 hours is your base certification 300 hours you're advanced Mm -hmm. and so i have both those certifications but then you want to teach them and so i'm co-leading teacher trainings right now here in america with another studio and like great people that i'm working with and so eventually moving to my own platform and doing it in my own studio. And once that's up and running, that's probably when I want to raise my family. So I'll be at home. I'll be staying in one city for a long time mm-hmm. and then do that for a few years. And then let's say we're probably at five, six years from now. Once that's up and running, everything's running fine. Then start traveling the world to teach. Cool. And so once means you start after, traveling the world. Means you're getting married in after five years, right? That's what you're thinking. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, I'm fighting with my girlfriend. Sorry, Kayla, if you're seeing this right now and you're listening to this. Things aren't going that well. All right? So I don't want to talk about the marriage cards at all. Um, I think relationships are nothing but work and things can go well. But I don't want to... That M word freaks me out a little bit. And so I just want to be happy with somebody. And with Kayla, I'm extremely happy even though we're fighting right now. (laughs) <laughs> sorry Kayla hopefully you don't listen to this if you want I can edit that part because I'm going to edit a lot of things I don't care no leave it raw leave it raw I don't care okay. <laughs> maybe there uh, I shouldn't say the next thing <laughs> nothing not saying anything bit my tongue on that one push <laughs> Uh, so you know like let's talk about relationship only man like what okay we talk about yeah let's do it yeah so what Feeling do you sassy. learn from a relationship? Like, I think, you know, you can, uh, if you are in a relationship, you can learn a lot about yourself as well, because I did. Uh, I think, and I think uh, I'm not, uh, like, I want to admit it. I was a toxic person. Like I was really toxic. I wanted to control a lot of things. I okay. realized that, yeah, by be- being in a relationship, be- before that, I didn't knew myself. And then, I, I, then now I'm trying to be a better person, you know, like, so yeah that like i learned a lot man in a relationship i learned a lot but you just need to be with the right person and boom that's like yeah what do you think i think that every relationship teaches you something and that if you're willing to look at it and see it then you're going to get something out of it and so i've been in relationships previously where i'm the talks to person too and then realizing especially as a male men like to dominate and control 
And mm-hmm. so like you're stating that you're dominating and controlling, which is not something healthy to do, uh, but you're also 22, you're a baby. Once again, yeah. it's like yeah. one of those things that like, it's good that you're recognizing that because there's many men that get in relationships or people, you know, it doesn't have to be a binary relationship, um, but people who get in and they control. And if you don't see it, you're going to be 40, 50 years old doing the same stuff and not changing into a better person. And so when I think of every relationship I've been in, like big ones, it's that there's been huge learning lessons in all of them. And so I want to say like my first relationship was just learning how to be with somebody, especially the opposite sex, is understanding how women work. You know, granted I was was in high school, so I was like 17 years old, but learning at 16, 17, learning how to be with somebody that's the opposite sex and communicating with them was very important. Um, and then like next relationships, like I dated a girl and all we did is party. So we went downtown and just drank and did all the stuff every Friday, Saturday night. And then I realized that I can't be in relationships that are only partying. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one's just like, you learn something new. I think the most important thing is don't villainize it. So everyone, like they get in a relationship and they're like, oh, I wish I never met that person or that was a waste of my time. Yeah. It wasn't a waste of your time. Because you probably saw things in relationships that you want moving forward. So I like this quality. I love the fact that they're kind, compassionate, caring, and they always call me. But I didn't like the fact that you are jealous, possessive, and malicious. Hmm. And so you take the things that you liked and you try to eliminate the things you didn't like into your next relationship. And relationships are all testing out things and seeing how things are going to work. And there's no set way of how things are going to work relationships are hard though and so i don't know it's interesting i i don't think relationships are that hard like uh, i don't know man like i don't think that's hard like if you give each other the space and uh, like if you are if you trust uh, like you know each other and and if you're like-minded also you know if, if you believe in something that yeah man like it happens so i don't know man why do why do you think relationship hard bro i i i couldn't agree it's dealing with somebody else because like i don't know in a perfect relationship you meet somebody that you meet in the middle and you challenge each other but nine out of ten times when you meet somebody else they have their own bag of shit that you have to like in a perfect world when you're single you're like i'll meet this person whatever Mm -hmm. but when you meet somebody you go through the honeymoon phase and everything's happy and you know good and everything's positive but then you realize oh this person does x y and z so they do all of these different things mm-hmm. and you can't change somebody you can influence them to be a better person but you shouldn't change somebody and so it gets hard because then it's just learning how to navigate different parameters and learning how to be respectful learning when you're correct and you're wrong learning how to be with the other person I think it's challenging because I've been single for so long. It's much easier just to hang out by yourself. Mm. Is it lonely? Yes. Do you get sad at times? Yes. But yeah, relationships are hard because you have to meet in the middle. Yeah. And there's things that you have to sacrifice. And there's things that they have to sacrifice. And if they don't sacrifice them, then you get into the, like, it's just, it's very hard. That's why I call it hard. Because then it gets into these intricacies of like, hey, can we make this last? Because when you're married for a lifetime, that's like, that's forever, obviously. 
And that's very hard. So a big thing in America, and I don't know if it's probably not as big in India, divorce is huge. So people get married, have a couple good years, have a couple shitty years, and they part out. Mm. Where back in more like traditional American culture, you don't get you don't get divorced. In the Indian culture, that's not really a big thing. It's a newer thing. It sounds now, like now now it's people... happening because now we are getting influenced by West. As I I I won't say that divorce is a reason of Western culture, but uh, you know, women also are getting more independent and uh, like it's not you know like earlier, man. Like uh, feminism is growing. I I am not saying feminism feminism is responsible for divorce, but yeah. you know like uh, in uh, like back in india like if you like 10 years 15 years like everything in uh, in the home woman is doing you know or like uh, for taking care of kids making food and everything but now it is changing right now that's not how it works <clears throat> now we are focusing on equality and now indians think we uh, you know men are women are men and women are equal and now we are in that direction so divorce rates are you know growing in india a lot a lot as you know in last few years i guess yeah and that's the whole thing so the thing that like giving women empowerment is how many women in previous decades were in relationships with men that were just assholes and now they have the empowerment not to be held down by a lot of that stuff and they don't feel like they have to stay in a relationship because it's by religion mm. and so i think that what i think anything in life is a pendulum so it's always rocking so for the longest time in marriages over here was dominant you have to do it and now since you can like okay do it now it's pendulum swinging the other way yeah. which it could be a little aggressive and like things taking the wrong ways but it's like it's that counterbalance <clears throat> that I was stuck here for so long that has to be over here because there's definitely people